God, I pray today that we would know, God, the blessings you have for us, Lord. The, that, God, that you are for us and not against us. God, I pray today that even as we've heard through, through words that have been spoken this morning, God, through the songs that we've sung, that, Lord, your love for us is unimaginably great. That, God, your love for us is so deep. Yes. That, God, this morning that we would have a, a new sense of, of, of the blessing of God in our lives as we surrender, as we commit ourselves to you, God, as we understand, as we simply surrender to you, God, as we allow you to work in our lives. God, the peace, the joy, the freedom, the fruit of the Spirit that you produce in us. Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, I pray today for every person in this place that we would just be so refreshed this morning, Lord God. Yes. Lord, our vision would be clarified, Lord God, that our, our sights would be set firmly on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Yes, God, I thank you that you have promised to carry on to completion the good work that you've begun in us. And Lord Jesus, this morning, that we would be so excited to see what you would do in us, Lord. Amen. Lord, we would be not distracted to the left or to the right. Lord, we would be not discouraged by the things going on around us, Lord, even within our own life, Lord. But we would have our sights firmly fixed on you. And Lord Jesus, we would just run this race with purpose in every step. And God, we would have joy in, in this walk that we would celebrate along this journey with one another that we would encourage one another, that we would build one another up. And Lord God, we just want to give you praise and glory in this life. Because Lord Jesus, you are worthy of our praise. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done, all that you are, all that you are doing on this earth today. Yes. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name, we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. God is at work. He loves us. I wonder how much do we realize what God has done already in our lives, what God has done, what He's prepared, what He's allowed to come together for our blessing. I wonder do we realize those things? It's day by day, moment by moment, how often do we miss those things, I wonder? Uh, to be honest, I think I miss them more often than I would like to admit. I really do. Um, anyway. Thank you, God, that you're able. That he's gracious. That he doesn't, uh, he doesn't get angry when we don't remember to praise Him. He just says, come to me. Just come, realize again what I've done for you. Amen? Amen. You know, we, we are blessed to be in this place. We be, we're, we're blessed to have a family of believers that we can gather with and, and worship God, be reminded and encourage one another and just this morning, actually, I was chatting with Jenny Furness, who many of you know, and Pastor Dave is turning 70 soon, and uh, she just, uh, you know, you're not allowed to tell Dave we're doing this, and Dave, you're not allowed to listen to this podcast, if you are, turn off now, <laughs> just skip another minute or two. Uh, he's having his 70th birthday soon, and uh, Jenny just asked if, if we could do something, and I thought, this is a good idea. We've got a, a sheet of paper out in the back hall, and those of you who know David and Jenny, um, who were here when they were still pastoring. Uh, we've got a little uh, A4 page of paper there. And it's just, if you can write down a word or a thought um, that you thank God for about David. Um, if you want to do that, that'd be great. We'll send those, those words off to Jenny and she'll give them to him on his birthday. Uh, I just thought it's a beautiful little way to say thank you for what you've blessed us with and to honour him um, on his birthday. 70. There you go. It's good. Fantastic. <laughs> 
Thank you, Lord. I wonder if you've ever had one of those moments in life when you have just had your character tested to the max. You've had one of those moments when you just know that you, ha- you had some choices to make, you had some situations going on, and you just knew that your character was being tested. I wonder if maybe that's you. Maybe you know that. Maybe that's right now. You know your character is just being tested. I was thinking about what I was going to share this morning, and, and a memory came back to me that I haven't talked about a lot with anyone, really. I haven't shared with anyone until last night. I just thought I'd share this with Rochelle first. Um, <laughs> but back when I was about 18, 19 years old, um, I was part of a, a band, and uh, we, were, we were pretty cool, weren't we, Dave? Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we used to play different places, and we were we, we had a few fans. We, we sold a few, few CDs. We made, we made a few thousand dollars out of those CDs, Dave. And I don't know where the money went, though. Anyway. <laughs> we had a, one, of, one of the guys was our man. Anyway, I shouldn't go there. <laughs> we had lots of fun, and it was, it was good fun. And uh, one particular time, we were in Apollo Bay. I think it was the Apollo Bay Music Festival. We'd played a gig down there, and um, we'd, we'd finished playing, and, and we'd just hang out in Apollo Bay with all the, all the people down there. And it was just this, this moment where, um, I'm trying to think of the right words to use here. <laughs> um, we were just hanging around, and this attractive young lady uh, came towards me, and she very obviously found me very attractive. <laughs> I mean, she may have been drinking, but I'm not going to put it down to that. Um, <laughs> She made it very clear, her intentions, her desires, um, which weren't very subtle. Um, and I'm going to try and move on quickly. Um, she made herself fairly clear very quickly, without many words. Um, and there was a test of my character in that moment. Had I not known who I was in Christ, had I not known who God desired me to be, had I not already made a decision in my life to keep myself for marriage, had I not known where God wanted me to go, the direction He wanted me to go, I could have gone down a very different path in that moment. We have moments in our life when our character is tested. And I'm going to say young people, older people, we've got to know which path we're taking. We're going to have moments in our life when our character is going to be tested. We're going to have choices to make. We're going to have opportunities to go down different paths. And no one else might even seem to know. But God knows. God sees. And there is a blessing in one path and there is destruction in that other path. My prayer this morning is that we would have a renewed sense of excitement and joy about living the life that God has called us to. That wouldn't just be like, oh, I've got to do that. Oh, I have to say no to this other thing. That other thing will lead to destruction. That other thing will destroy your life. But God has life. God has purpose. God desires to lead us on a different way. You know, we all face temptation. We all face temptations in our life. Every single one of us. You know, the difficult thing about temptations are that they're tempting. Temptations are not uh, they wouldn't be such a big deal if they weren't slightly appealing at times. If you left a plate of Brussels sprouts on the table at the back there and left a little sign and said, please do not touch, 
there's probably only one or two of you that may have any temptation to take one. On the other hand, if we put a plate full of jelly beans, a plate full of lollies or chocolates out on the tables out there, we had a little sign that said, please do not touch. There would be some desire within you saying, I want that. There would be some temptation because that thing is tempting. There is something that looks attractive about that, that you think that would be good for you. Because temptation is tempting, and that's the challenge of temptations. It's not always easy, but we need to know where we stand before we come to those temptations. This morning, we're going to look at Joseph as we continue our series looking at from dreams to destiny. God has a destiny that He desires for you. God has a dream that He desires to bring into fulfillment, that a destiny for you would be fulfilled that it would come to pass. But we have choices to make. It's not fate, as we talked about the first week. Our, our Christian faith is not a, well, God said, so this is how it's going to be, and we have no power to make any choices. That is not the Christian faith. He gives us choices. In the Garden of Eden, He put that tree of the knowledge of good and evil and said, don't eat of this tree. Some people say, why the heck did He plant the tree? Why did He put it there? Why did He give them the choice? Because He wants us to choose life, to choose His way, and that we would enter into that destiny as we trust in Him. And what joy for us as we do. You know, Joseph was a guy who, if, if, if there was ever a guy who may have been tempted to think, God, what's the deal? You failed me. How could I be in this situation? You know, he's been, he's been, his brothers have planned to murder him. His brothers have thrown him into a pit and then sold him as a slave. He's taken off as a slave and then, as we're going to read today, he's falsely accused and thrown into prison. And he's thinking, God, what's the deal? I'm trusting in you and I'm just getting worse and worse and worse. And maybe today you're in a place and you're thinking, God, what's the deal? I'm trusting in you and things just don't seem to be getting better. But God has a way. God is faithful. He will bring us through these trials, these challenges in our life. He has a plan. And He wants to bring that dream to pass in your life. I want to encourage you in that this morning. If you've got your Bibles there, let's open up to Genesis chapter 39. We're going to keep reading about the life of Joseph this morning. Genesis 39, beginning at verse 1. Verse 1, it says, When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did, as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From that day, Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops, his livestock, his flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Sounds like a good life. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man, 
And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. It's a strong word. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts in me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, Come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak with her in her hand as he ran from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran out and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you've brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. He remained, not just for a day, not just for a week, but for probably quite a few years he remained in that prison. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. It says in verse, verse 2, The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph and he was successful in everything he did. Wouldn't you love that to be a statement about you? The Lord was with Matt, and he was successful in everything he did. Doesn't that sound good? The Lord was with Kerry, and she was successful in everything she did. The Lord was with you, and you were successful in everything you did. I would love that. I would love that to be a mantra of my life. The Lord was with him, and he was successful in everything he did. Doesn't that sound fantastic? But then I think about it, I think, hang on. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was successful in everything he did. You know, his father loved him. The Lord was with him so much, and he was successful in everything he did. So his brothers hated him and threw him in a pit, and he was successful in everything he did. The Lord was with Joseph, so he was sold as a slave, and then lied about, and then, and then, and then thrown into prison because the Lord was with Joseph, and he was successful in everything he did. Doesn't that sound wonderful? It just makes me wonder, I wonder if our perception of the Lord being with us and success isn't always what God has in mind. I wonder if God's view of Him being with us looks a little bit different than what we would like it to be like sometimes. The Bible tells us that we're going to face trials and challenges in this world, but let it be for the glory of God. And that we would be successful in everything we do. The Lord was with Joseph. And it, it leads to the question, well, why was the Lord with Joseph? Why did God bless Joseph? Why did God choose to use Joseph? Was it because he was some amazingly wonderful man? 
No, I don't believe it was. Number one, I think it's because God is sovereign and God chooses to use people in the way He chooses. And we've got to understand that. He is God and we are not. If we are unwilling to believe in a God who we can't understand, we're thinking we should understand the mind of God. And that's a little bit arrogant, I think. God is sovereign and He chooses people for His glory to be used in the ways that He chooses. But I believe also that God used Joseph because Joseph trusted in Him. God had faith, uh, Joseph had faith in God and was willing to be used by God. I just want to read Deuteronomy chapter 11. Not speaking to Joseph, but to his people. He says, Look, today I am giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. But you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from Him and worship gods you have not known before. There are blessings and there are curses if we choose to turn to God or we choose to ignore God and walk our own way. There's a, there's, a, there's a God who loves us and wants to lead us into life, but there is an enemy like we talked about last week. There are spiritual powers in this world that want to lead us to destruction. And if we listen to them, if we follow them, we will be cursed. We will suffer the, those, those curses. We will be cut off from Christ if we refuse to put our trust in Him. If we will not acknowledge our sinfulness and recognize that Jesus is our Savior, we will be forever cut off, the Bible tells us. But for anyone, anyone who comes to Christ, anyone who puts their trust in Him will not be disappointed. Don't feel like, oh, maybe I've, I've turned away too many times. Maybe I've tripped up too many times. You will not be turned away if your trust is in Jesus. There is forgiveness, there is healing, there is a way forward for every single one of us in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1 verse 3, I wish I had to put it up on the screen. Ephesians 1 verse 3 talks about how we have been blessed in the heaven, with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms because we are one with Christ. Because we are united with, with Christ, we have been blessed by God in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. You know, the Lord was with Joseph, but the Lord is also with you. The Lord is with you. He is not against you. The God, is, God of the universe is on your side. Jesus came and died for our sins while we were still sinners. And we were just singing about the reckless love of God. I love that song because of the conversations that started with different people. I've talked to a few people that uh, weren't here for when, we, when I preached that mes message on the reckless love of God. I've talked to people from other churches and other places about the reckless love of God and how at first it can actually challenge our thinking. It's like God's not reckless, but His love is, is seemingly reckless. It's seemingly out of control. He would love filthy, rotten sinners like me. That Jesus would offer grace to us is seemingly almost reckless. It's seemingly almost wasteful. But He has chosen to love us. He is with us. For anyone who will turn to Him, He is with us. He is for us. He is not against us. And He wants to lead us into life. 
I pray that we understand that. I pray that every time we read an instruction of God in His Word, we will see that this is to bring me life. This is for my good. This is to bless me, not to hinder me. This isn't just like God hitting with a stick and saying, you can't have that, you can't have that, you can't have that. God wants to lead us into life. Someone preached a few weeks back about our greatest need for every single one of us is to know God more. And if our desire is to know God more, if that is our desire to to know Him, to trust Him, then we will be blessed. Thank you, Lord. Joseph, the Lord was with Joseph and he was successful in everything he did. What What a great, what a great phrase to be said about us. Then in verse six, it says, God's blessing was on everything he did. God's blessing was on everything he did. And Potiphar took notice. Potiphar noticed the way Joseph lived. He noticed God's blessing on Potiphar's li- on, on Joseph's life. Potiphar noticed those things. He's like, God's blessing my household with this guy here. He noticed the integrity, I believe, of Joseph. He noticed the way he went about himself. He noticed the character of Joseph, I believe. You know, when we live the way that God intends for us, people take notice. If you live a godly life, it will stand out. If you live with the integrity of God, if you live with the love of God for people, it will be different to others in this world. And we need God's God's strength and His enabling power to do that day by day. But when we live the way God intends for us, there will also be people who speak against us. There'll be people who get angry with us. There'll be people who get frustrated when we won't tell a little lie about this so that they can get that thing passed or done or ignore that thing at work when we won't tell a lie that they maybe want us to tell. People will get angry with you when you live the life that God has called you to live. People might turn against you because you choose to live the way that God's called you to live. But it will be different to the ways of this world. It will stand out. Listen to what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9. It says, But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia, throughout Colac, Colac Holy Shire, or the potentially the, the Cox electorate. <laughs> That's a great name, anyway. Throughout Australia, Victoria, wherever God leads you, Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. You know, we need to be bold in proclaiming the truth about Jesus. We need to be bold in stepping out and saying, declaring who Jesus is. But we also need to make sure that our life is is a life of integrity, of character, that we do not turn people off the gospel by the way that we live. I'll never forget one of the guys who gave me the most grief in secondary school, coming up to me on one of those last few days of school, and it nearly, I nearly fell over. He he had mocked me quite a, quite a lot at school, but he just said to me, "Coxie, you know what? I I so respect the way you lived your life. You believe these things, and you've never backed down." And I just admire you for that. I'm like, wow. I thought this guy was just 
It floored me. (laughs) But people take notice when we live a godly life. It's not just a godly life that will, will, will convert people to Christ. We need to preach the gospel in every opportunity. But God, help us live a life of integrity. Because people take notice. Potiphar took notice. Oh, that's what I was saying next. One of the greatest tests of character is success. Did I miss something there? Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, we'll go with that. One of the greatest tests of character is success. You know, it doesn't talk about Joseph getting tempted as he's thrown in the pit. It doesn't talk about Joseph getting tempted as he's sold as a slave. It doesn't talk about him being tempted when he's in Potiphar's house and, and, and just one of the, the, the slaves to begin with. It talks about him being tempted when he begins to be blessed. It's as he begins to have some freedom to, to manage the household affairs. He's, he's got a little bit of power. He's got a bit of responsibility. He's, he's got a bit of success in the eyes of the world, you might say. And it's in that freedom when that test of his character comes. I think of David. It wasn't when he was out at battle that he saw Bathsheba over on the roof. That's when he was at home, just relaxing, enjoying himself. One of the greatest tests of our character is success. When we have some blessing, when we have some freedom, when we have some respect maybe, I believe that is often when our character is tested. We need to be careful in success that the success doesn't go to our head and that we fall into temptation. You know, people don't fall because... uh, Pastors, leaders, people don't fall because they forget who God is, but they forget that they're human. We fall when we forget we're human, that we too can be tempted. As, as we... Sorry, Galatians 5. Galatians 5.13. says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. You know, we have a freedom in Australia that we are blessed with. But our freedom is not so that we can just satisfy our sinful nature, so that we can just be a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more greedy, a little bit more slothful. It's so that we can live for the glory of God. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Use your freedom to serve one another in love, to honor God, to give Him glory. You know, Potiphar took notice of Joseph, but so did Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife saw Joseph as this handsome man, and I believe she also saw the the character of Joseph. She also saw who Joseph was, maybe the kindness of, of, of Joseph. You know, kindness and a godly life is attractive. As we love people, as we serve people, that is attractive to people. That's, that's nice. And you know, as we, as God's church, minister to one another, as we minister to the world, as we show people God's love, I used to say to our youth team, when I was leading the youth team, we've got to be so careful as we show people God's love. We might be the only person in the world saying, God loves you and so do we. And that person can take that on and think, oh, this is wonderful. Oh, Matt just tells me every week at youth, I'm not going to use Matt, sorry. Tells me every week I'm wonderful. He loves me. He loves me. Oh, we can, we can enjoy that. 
We can enjoy that as we love and serve others with the love of God. Let's not let their affection go to our heads and let us be tempted. Don't be scared from ministering and loving people, but let's be wise in our actions. Let's realize that we can be tempted, that we need to have boundaries in our life. As we love and minister to one another, we must be careful. Potiphar's wife took notice and she, she f- tried to force Joseph to sleep with him, her. She, she continually tried to pressure him. Joseph refused, but she continued to try to pressure him to do what Joseph knew which was not, that which was not right. But Joseph refused. I want to say again, we need to know what we stand for. We need to know that we know that we know that this is what I stand for and I'm not going to the left or to the right. When people might pressure you, when people might sway you, that we need to know why we stand for these things and stand on God's Word. Because we, have, we live in a world, we live in a world with a media saturation that tells us this is okay, this is okay. Well, science shows us that this is okay, that's okay. And, you know, the Bible got that slightly wrong because of this and this and this, so therefore you don't need to believe that anymore, guys. We need to know what God's Word says. We need to stand upon His Word and not be swayed to the left or to the right. We need to help our young people understand what God's Word says and why it is true. And we're going to understand that there's always going to be someone with a standard just slightly lower than our standard of what we believe God's called us to. You might have a standard where you feel it's wrong to do this. And then someone comes and says, oh, you know, I think God doesn't actually require that and just just wants to lower that standard a little bit. And Paul says, "Don't, don't don't cause a stumbling block to others. And we need to be careful of that. But God help us not to just go to the lowest common denominator of what people say is okay. We need to know what we stand for. We need to know before those temptations come. 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul says some awesome things to Timothy. Timothy is an awesome book. He says, but you, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 6, 11, are, you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God, who gives life to all, and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Verse 17, just skipping on a little bit. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for their future so that they may experience true life. Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness. May God's grace be with you all. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he says some of these things again. He says, If you keep yourself pure, 
He will be a special utensil for honourable use by God, he's talking about. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the Master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved with foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be kind to everyone, be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God, and remember that, perhaps God, it is not us, it is Him, will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by Him to do whatever He wants. He's got some great advice there. Paul to Timothy he says, run from anything that tempts you to sin. Pursue righteous living and trust in God. And I've had some great conversations with people in their 80s who say, you know what, Andrew, don't be fooled as you get older. Temptations don't disappear. To people in their 80s who say, Andrew, it's, it's, it's no different when I was 20 years old to when I'm 80 years old. To temptations do not disappear. Don't think just because you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever you might be in, just because you're 20 now and you're not 15 anymore. Don't think that temptation has, has you, you've escaped from temptation. Paul says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Any one of us can be drawn in to temptation because temptation is tempting. Instead, he says, pursue righteous living. Pursue a life that honors God and trust in Him. Put your trust in Him. Pursue these things. I need to move on. Joseph gets accused and thrown into prison. And sometimes it seems like the enemy is winning. Don't you hate those moments? Sometimes it seems like the enemy is getting his way and you're going, what is the deal? What's going on, God? I thought you were with me. I thought I was going to be successful in everything I did. But I've got to tell you, God is still at work. Even in those times when Joseph's in prison, Joseph's in slavery, he might have been tempted to think, God, where are you? But God was still at work. He was bringing about those things that were going to come to pass for God's glory. And God is still at work in your life. No matter what's going on, do not be deceived. God is still at work. Maybe you need to tell that message to someone else who's not here today that's struggling at the moment. You need to go and tell them, you know, God is still at work. No matter what's happening at the moment, despite these things that are challenging you, God is still at work. God's love is always faithful. We've been singing about the reckless love of God. We've been singing about it all morning. We've been hearing about His love all morning. It doesn't change when we go through trials. It doesn't change when it doesn't seem like things are going the way you thought they should. God is still at work. He is still faithful. He is still all-powerful. He is still all-loving. And we need to ask God to give us strength. We need to put our trust in Him through these times. I'm not saying it's easy, but He is God. He is Elohim, the personal God who knows us. He is Yahweh, the all-powerful living God. We need to get in His Word and remind ourselves of what He says, of what the truth really is, to put on that helmet of salvation 
as we talked about last week. You know, we have a choice. We have a choice to make, to trust God and press on towards the goal despite the circumstances, to trust in His love, to pursue that righteous life that He's called us to, or to listen to the tempter, to listen to the one who says, you know, you failed, you can't do it. You're not good enough. We can trust in God or we can listen to the tempter who comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I know which path I want to take. Let's commit ourselves. Let's make a resolve in our hearts to, to listen to what God says despite every situation we come up against. Let's make a resolve in our heart to say no matter what the enemy throws at me, I'm not listening to those temptations because I know they lead to destruction. God's Word is truth. His Word leads to life. And I'm committing myself to His Word because He is faithful, because He is true, because He is good. I just want to finish with Jeremiah chapter 17. Maybe if the band wants to come up as I read this. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8. It says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. You know, we go through seasons. We go through seasons. I'll never forget sitting with Pastor Barry Silverback, a guy who's in his late 80s, I think, if I've got that right, and he said to me, I asked him, I said, you've, you've been traveling the world for so long. And I said, what do you see about Australian Christians and our view of God, our view of the world that, that you can see from a different perspective, from outside the fishbowl? What do you see about us in our, in our way we relate with one another and with God? And he says, we expect fruitfulness in every season of every part of life. We expect it to be always sunny, always good and always fun. He says, but it's not like that in God's ways. There are seasons in this life. But God wants you to draw deeply from the, found, the, the rich foundation that He has for you. He wants you to have your roots to grow down deep into His Word, that you could drink up from those streams of living water through every season that comes that you would have life and life abundantly despite the storms, the, the droughts and everything that is going on around you. Because He has come to give you life. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. I just want to finish with that thought this morning. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Don't turn to that temptation. Don't look at that thing. Run from that thing. It just wants to bring destruction, to pull you down, to trip you up. It can't steal your salvation. The enemy wants to just trip you up as many times as he can, though. Run from that thing. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Can we stand this morning? Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. God, I pray today that you would help us to hear your words to hear your truth in every moment, Lord. As temptation comes, that, Lord, your word would come to our mind, that we could fight down every attack of the enemy with your word and say, no, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone. It is written, run from temptation. 
God, I pray that you would give us a strength, that you would give us an inner resolve, that you would give us such uh, an excitement about running from temptation and pursuing a godly life for your glory, God. I pray that you would help us to be men like Joseph, men and women like Joseph, who even in the challenges trusted in you, God. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would set us free from the power of any temptations in our life. Lord, any attack of the enemy in our, in our mind, that you would cut those things off, that you would give us a victory over those things in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for bringing healing for, for past sins, for, for past failings, Lord God, in these areas. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the healing God, that you are the restoring God, that you have come to give us life. Help us, Lord, I pray. Give us boldness to speak out the truth of who you are as we live this life for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, if you would like prayer, it's not just to say that you're, you're struggling with some temptation in particular this morning. Maybe it's you just need healing from some past hurt. Maybe it's you need healing physically this morning. I want to encourage you to come forward and we want to pray with you this morning. God is here. He loves you. He is powerful and He is able to work in your life. This morning, maybe God's giving you a, a gift of faith to pray for someone else, to, to, to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. Maybe God wants to open up a, a new gift in you even this morning as we begin to pray for one another this morning. If you want to come down the front here, we would love to pray with you this morning if that's you. If you're sick, if you just need God to bring the victory in some situation, maybe that word Marilyn had this morning is for you. You just need to see the victory in, the, in, that, in that way God is going to resource you in whatever, whether it's financial or some other way. But let's respond. Let's believe God to move in our lives this morning. For the rest of us, let's give glory to God. Let's be praying for one another. And we're going to worship God right now. Because He is an awesome God and He's worthy to be praised. What are we singing, Carol? Our God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, You are higher than any other. There's a song that's worth singing out to God to declare to those around us even this morning, those that might be discouraged. We can sing out and declare these things to remind one another this morning of who He is. Let's sing it. And let's mean it. Let's remind ourselves and be stirred even as we sing this morning. And let's come forward for prayer as God leads you. Amen.